Hello and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Dave. Hello. Craig. Hello. And Tori. Hello. And we start out every week with Good Thing. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Go first. My Good Thing is a YouTube channel called The Dragon's Tomb. And I don't think I mentioned this on the show before, but uh, this is a guy who likes to play board games and explains how to play them. And he has his own little spin on them, and they're really hilarious. Especially, Wait, which, which channel is this? The Dragon's Tomb. I don't think I've ever seen it. Yeah, so he has an explanation of how to play Betrayal at House on the Hill, and he... Uh, describes it as uh, a wedding feast that uh, five suitors arrive at the mansion to uh, all bid for the heart of the beautiful bride. So, uh, yeah, it's a really interesting take on the game. It's, I've uh, played Betrayal at the House on the Hill, and that's not how I remember it at all. <laughs> well, uh well, maybe you should watch this video to refresh your memory on how the game is really supposed to be played. Wait, is this the guy who has the alternate interpretation of rules? Some say alternate. You say accurate. <laughs> uh, throw a link in our Discord, and yeah, I'll check it out later. Dunzo. Cool. All right, who wants next? Uh, I'll go. I didn't want to spoil the video, that's why I didn't go into too many detail. Uh, I've been... Binging on some battle bots on the old YouTube. From Comedy Central? No. What? Isn't that no, we're talking about Central? actual robots fighting each other. It's so right. Cool. I thought that was uh, for some reason. I thought that was on Comedy Central. Uh, I knew it wasn't like a comedy. Or is it on MTV or something? It was on oh. Comedy Central forever ago when it like first came out. There's yeah, a yeah, current okay. season out happening right now. Yep. Mm. It's pretty entertaining. You get to see the bots clash. You get to see everyone's different, uh, what they think is a good idea and what you think is not a good idea. And I always thought that if I were to build a bot for that show, it would be basically like a vulture from StarCraft. It would just be this fast little car that shoots like bombs at the other guy. Bombs. Dave? Yeah. Dave, yeah. you specifically will enjoy this more than anyone I know. Uh, the announcer before every match, uh, comes out with this whole string of puns for each of the robots. <laughs> oh, it's great boy. and terrible, and you'd love it. <laughs> uh, Tori, I think, I think you're next, then. So I got a new thing that I really, really like, and I know it sounds lame, but just bear with me. I got a light therapy lamp, and it is the best thing ever. Okay, because seasonal affective disorder is a real thing. I know people get sad in the winter. It sounds lame, but it's true. It really happens. My my husband has been joking for years that I'm actually from Krypton because I draw my power from Earth's yellow sun. No. Like I'm solar powered, and when it's dark outside, I can't function. Like I I and I get out of bed and I drink the coffee, but I'm basically a zombie, just stumbling through the routine powered purely by caffeine and momentum. Um, <laughs> but I got this lamp. And so I sit in front of the lamp while I drink the coffee. And guys, I wake up in the mornings. It's amazing. It is so amazing. Like, I feel so good. So it's a lamp that helps you wake up and get through winter. So it yes. tricks you into thinking the sun's out? 
Yes. Oh. Yeah. It's amazing. Weird. We sell yeah. some things ever- like that at my work, yeah. but I didn't understand what it did, so I left it alone. Now you know. Yeah, there's, there's science behind it. I, I have found the science online. Since- <laughs> <laughs> no, what last winter was really hard for me, you guys. It was so hard. I didn't get over it until, like, April, and... So I was terrified about heading into this coming winter. Like, how am I going to survive? Oh, no. And someone said, just get on Amazon and buy this lamp. It's like $40. And and I did. And it worked so well. I was like, this has got to be, like, there's got to be some kind of drug in it. It's crazy <laughs> how good I feel. So, yeah. I mean, happy lamp. There's science behind the whole, you're not supposed to look at at certain objects at night if you want to go to bed. And, like, they have, like, the whole dim monitor change where it gets rid of certain wavelengths of light to help you filter. Okay. Well, this Uh, is kind of that in So, my good thing this week is I bought Final Fantasy XII because it's on sale right now. Sorry, people listening to the recording, it probably won't be on sale by the time this gets to you. Um, Is it on Steam? It's on Humble Bundle. Humble Store. Ah. Oh, you got the PC version. Hopefully to save it it on PS1. Yeah, so it's it's the Zodiac Age version. Um, so my good thing isn't specifically this game, but it's sort of the concept of revisiting something that maybe you didn't enjoy as much as you could have the first time around. Because I rage quit Final Fantasy XII the first time I played it. Wow. Uh, never beat it. I just... So many things kept building in that game originally that I just, once I got to a certain point, I just could not take it anymore. However, I'm coming back to it. I'm going to give it another shot. And I think with with hindsight and with, with a little more maturity and knowing the dumb mechanics ahead of time, I think I can, I can do better this time. As I soon like as I Final get a controller in the mail. I just got kind of too busy to finish it. I know, uh, Craig, didn't your wife 100% it or something? I remember she, she, like, had a book open, went through everything, and got all the missables and stuff. I mean, she does that with a lot of games. Uh, I will say that Zodiac Age is a huge improvement over the original Final Fantasy XII. And I like Final Fantasy XII originally, but the Zodiac Age just does so much better. And it does help make the game faster, especially because you can just speed it up. Like, there's an actual fast-forward button. Which but you get helps. to run around and say, I'm Captain Bosch. Yes. You you're still right. get to do that. Still get to do oh, that. Nice. Okay. But yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. There's a number of things I've gone back to, and it's like the second time, it's gotten better. Like, I didn't read Good Omens the first time. Like, I read half of it, and I'm like, I didn't like this. And then I read it again, I'm like, all right, this is... Entertaining. This is good stuff. It's good stuff. So it took me two sittings to actually get through that. Um, so yeah, I can see how that is. I find um, that the longer it takes for me to grow to like something, the more deep of an appreciation I have for it. Yeah, I definitely had that with um, Neverwhere by Neil Gaiman. Um, I, I started it, I read just shy of half of it. And I set it down, and I just never picked it up again. And then some years later, I found it in uh, the bargain bin at the used bookstore. 
and started the book like, this sounds really familiar. I think I've read this before. No, no, hang on. I didn't finish this book. But I kept reading it that time. And right after the part where I quit was where it got super good. (laughs) Most of my experiences with this sort of revisiting and enjoying something the second time actually has been with video game music. Uh, I can think of some examples off the top of my head. Sonic 1, Spring Yard Zone, even uh, Sticker Brush Symphony from DKC2 when I was a kid. I didn't really care for that song. And uh, Needle Man stage from Mega Man 3. And I think part of it might just be that those are frustrating stages as a kid to play. So I so associated more with the level. But then when, and you, maybe you get tired of it, because, although I can't imagine nowadays me ever getting tired of sticker brush. But uh, going back and listening to it and just purely for the music, I'm like, wow, these songs are fantastic. Even though it wasn't really like a song that was more of an atmospheric background soundtrack, the treetop stage from Spyro the Dragon still makes my eye twitch because I did that so many times. Okay, <laughs> let's let's get to the meat of the episode because you guys are all trying to steal my good thing. No, but we're it's a good thing. Your good thing is so there. good. It, it speaks with us. It like it resonates in our souls. Good thing yeah. thieves. All like three of your, you. Link your good thing in the no, good thing. No, it's a successful good thing. Because thieves. We, anyway, uh Craig has a bit of a time limit today, so let's let's actually get to the get to the the book two. We started book two. Who's excited oh. about book two? Oh. There's a new cover. There's a new cover? Is it better than Buster Stored Vin? Yes. If you look at the UK cover, which will be on my stream in like ten minutes, you'll see it's better. <laughs> Okay. So Dave, do you have some bullet points for us? Uh, I kind of, I spread out my reading so much, uh, this week. I didn't actually write any bullet. And the chapters were kind of short. Anyway, at least chapter one was super short. But, uh, so basically, uh, everything's going well in the penultimate empire. Uh, Elend has taken over as king. He's getting his parliamentary system up and running. But, oh wait. Um, all of the dominances, including the one to the east led by his father, Strathventure, are all attacking him and trying to kill him. So uh, Vin acts as his girlfriend slash bodyguard, and she is out on the prowl looking for, uh, you know, keeping her eye out, making sure no one's coming to kill Ellen. And she's hanging out with uh, her pet, Condra, who we get to learn his name, actually. Uh, we finally learned that the conjurer's name is Osol. So Vin and Osol are walking around and come across a, a group of misting assassins. Or do they? Uh, Vin assumes this to be a group of mistings. However, as she's fighting them, a uh, mysterious figure that she calls the Watcher uh, interferes with the fights, throws some coins, and uh, helps her out a little bit and kind of draws her attention to the fact that one of these uh, assassins is actually a Mistborn, and she realizes this just in time to start burning Atium and fight them off and kill a lot of them, uh, but the Watcher gets away. This is a figure that she's noticed quite a lot recently, but hasn't quite been able to catch. She has no idea who this is or what his purpose is, but 
He apparently was not out to kill Ellen, at least not this evening, because he had plenty of opportunity to do so. Now, unfortunately, Vin burned the last of the penultimate Empire's ATM supply. And so she goes back to uh she goes back to hang out with Ellen and we get a really cute scene where Ellen is drafting up uh a uh a proposal. He's trying to convince his council that the they should not uh, surrender to his father to Strat Venture. And he's just about finished the paper and Vin looks over his shoulder and she's like, Ooh, what's that? Boring. And she's like all really cute and like watches him write up his little proposal and falls asleep on the rug. And then Ham busts in and then Vin gets up and a Ham is, uh, Ham is like, Oh, you know, the, those assassins that Vin fought today were actually from the West. They aren't from the, uh, the side of the world that your father has been camping out on. And Vin still suspects that uh, Straff can somehow still be behind this assassination attempt, even though it would take several months of contact to get back forth people from the West. Uh, but uh, anyway, that's uh, about it for the opening of this book. Straff is trying to take uh, Luthadel back from his son. And basically everybody is trying to... Uh, <laughs> capture Luthadel. There are rumors that they have found the Emperor Meter Sticks ATM supply, even though they did not. So everybody's uh, seeking after this ATM because since uh, Kelsier destroyed the mines, it's in very short supply. And I can't say, wait to see where this goes. Wealth and power. All right. So this kicks off a year later. Um, I totally had something and now it's gone. Someone else want to jump in here? So this takes place a year later. This takes place <laughs> 12 months later. All right. So, so far, uh, just just getting started, Dave. So uh, I think, I mean, I can ask it anyway, but uh, do you have any predictions for us of where do you think it's going? I mean, we sort of touched upon it in the last episode, so I don't think there's anything new yet. Well, sort of. Uh, I did have a question in the wrap-up episode, where's Straff Venture? And, well, there you go. <laughs> Hey, he's, he's on his way over. You didn't have to he's wait on his way over for Thanksgiving dinner. I mean, I did tell you that that was like you didn't have to wait long for that. Yeah, it was actually the second page of text in the book. I've got uh, for you. Yeah, yeah. Will you please say again the <laughs> name? <laughs> just, just say it again for us, please. Also, also, so so I say. Or seared. You're saying it wrong. We actually oh, discussed this awesome. on the last episode that I that was released. Okay. I didn't remember that conversation. I don't remember how to pronounce it correctly. Well, so it was in spoiler time. You could actually, instead of just saying his name, just replace his name with the most French name I've ever seen. Right. <laughs> well, that would be Demel. Let's call him Croissant. Croissant. Yeah. Um... I will point out, we actually have seen Orsir's name in the first book, but you had no connection before because you didn't know like who that was. They just sort of briefly mentioned his name, I think, at one point. I think it's mentioned. Uh, Kelsier mentions buying Orsir's contract before he yes. needs to go out and get more um, uh, more ATM. 
Yeah. So it's a name you have seen before, but since you had no connection, it's not something you're going to remember. But uh, now we know who it is. If I had reread Mistborn before coming to Well of Ascension, I might have come across the name Ozaw and said, oh, I wonder if that's the name of the Chondra. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, now, now do you know what a Chondra is. I'm actually wondering if Streff is actually trying to kill Elend. I don't. I don't feel like Streff actually sees Elend as a threat. I think he uh, Streff just assumes I'm going to show up and say, "Get out of here, son!" And he's going to wuss out. Like I don't. <laughs> I, I, I think they they haven't actually pinned down any assassination attempts on Streff. I think they said, "Oh, it's just a coincidence that Streff's armies showed up." And this assassination and assassination assassination <laughs> this assassination attempt occurred tonight. So I don't know if Str- maybe well, Straff wrote Ellen a letter. He's like, "I hope you had had fun, son. I'm coming over to take Luthadel back." Basically, <laughs> and, uh, didn't seem that threatening. Uh, but I mean, the, the army's camping outside the palace. My <laughs> a little more threatening. What were you gonna say, Tori? Just the typical dad speech. Don't make me turn yeah. the tree around. <laughs> um, so we have a couple of new characters, sort of. Um, I would say that Orsor, as not Renew, is counts as a new character. Um, okay. And then we also have oh, yeah, so the Watcher. Also gets, yeah, Orsor also, I mean, sorry, Orsor also gets uh, wounded this night, and he's like, Oh, Lady Vin, I need, I need a new body. And she's like, ew, that's gross. I'll find you one later. I mean... <laughs> I love this. <laughs> she, <laughs> uh, she doesn't want him being taking over the body of somebody recognizable, basically. But she also thinks it's gross. Um, oh, there's also another kind of kind of character that I didn't mention the figure that Vin sees in the mist that she's able to sense uh, while burning bronze. It's, it's kind of like an allomantically senses this outlined figure in the mist. Uh, and she distinguishes it as a separate character from the Watcher from her perspective. They're separate characters or entities. Uh, oh, and also I'm just going to throw this in here because I'm thinking of it. There is kind of a callback to her fight with the Lord Ruler and how she was able to draw extra strength from the mist themselves during that fight. So that's interesting, too. If Indeed you think it about is. It. So yeah, we have Osa as a new character and we have the Watcher and possibly this mist figure as another character or entity or power. I wonder if it's related to the deepness at all. Anyway, that's uh, probably a Rafo. Um... And we also check back in with Vin and Ellen and Ham, but no one else from the crew yet. Although, yeah, I believe uh, Spook got mentioned. Men- he gets mentioned. He's like, oh, Spook isn't back from doing his thing yet. Um, but yeah, we didn't know uh, nothing from Breeze. I think Clubs is also mentioned, but we don't really hear what he's up to. Uh, I do love. Uh, I do love how Ham immediately comes back and he starts trying to like wax philosophical with Ellen. He's like, ah, I don't have time for this right now. Get out of it. Go home. Go home to your wife. <laughs> Ham just wants a good conversation and like I no one it. will provide it. With I also, I find it interesting that 
and it's still early in the book, but Ham uh, uses Lord Ruler as an interjection. I don't think anybody else in this book has yet, and it's only three chapters. So that kind of, uh, you know, he was the one character that uh, had moral qualms about overthrowing the Lord Ruler and thought, you know, what if he really is God? So, you know, that kind of plays to that side of his character as well. Does yeah, uh, keeping what? track of that? They they mention in the first book. They're like, you know, you shouldn't use his name as you know because it sort of gives it power. Like it sort of has. Yeah. Uh, it's it's, it's it's the opposite of the Voldemort effect, right? I think that was. Dang it, dude! How long? How far in this episode did I make it without mentioning Harry Potter? Well, I think it's a record. It. <laughs> New record. <laughs> anyway, yes, Tori, that was that was Kelsier who didn't want people swearing by the Lord Ruler's name. Yeah, and he would actually notice if someone else said it. Like, yeah, yeah saying that's Dachshund. That's just one right. of the uh, idiosyncrasies of the language on Scadrial, which is yeah. totally a spoiler yeah, topic that I want to get into at some point. I mean, it is neat if you look at Elantris and their swear words, and then compare it to, you know, Mistborn. Dorokin. You can, yeah, exactly. Well, that's not a swear. That's friend, or neighbor, or whatever. No, that's Sul. Oh, yeah, that's right. Dorokin is knucklehead. Oh, okay. So yeah, you just look at and you compare it. It's pretty neat to, to see the comparison between the two books. So this is riveting. Um, Dave, you got anything else? Man, what do you want from us? <laughs> well, if he's if you don't compare. have anything else, then spoiler time. I just wonder where Vin got that Buster sword. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't have Repo. it yet. Repo. Uh, she'll get it, and it'll totally be worth the payoff. I guess that's it for me today. Okay, bye Dave. Bye. And he's gone. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. Uh, so... Puppy incoming! Woo! Oh, Puppy party. Yay. Puppy party. Oh. Uh, so. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm gonna laugh. You know what's it. funny is that when I, like, I don't know what, I think I was rereading it the first time, and, like, I saw the name or seer, and I'm like, who's this? So, like, I, I'm like, I really did not remember the name, because, you know, you don't, you don't actually ever see, I mean, you see or seer in the first book, but it's like, eh, he's there, he's Renault. That's the name you sort of know him by in the ten scene. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, we don't ever see Orsur as as a dog. He gets ten soon before. Yeah. So when does he become ten soon? Like when? When exactly does that happen? When the dog happens. It's not before the dog. No, it's it's literally Vin murders a dog in the city, and then carts it on her shoulder back to the palace. And tells Orsur, like, here, use this. And then the next time you see him, it's Tensu. Which is in either the yeah. next chapter section or, like, the one after that. Like, it's super soon. Like, after the big reveal, don't they say that, yeah, he killed him while he was assuming that form? Like, he was 
Oh, well, yeah, he was in the middle of changing forms, yeah. I may be remembering wrong, but... I don't remember that specifically, but it could be. I haven't gotten quite... Slip ahead and see what I find. Yeah, I haven't gotten quite to that, to the big reveal in my re-re-re-read. So according to Coppermine, when Ellen Venture returns from one of the balls and sees his father, Strath Venture, in his office, he he sees him speaking to Tensoon. At the time, Tensoon is wearing the body of a servant from House Hastings. And we talked about that when it happened. Uh, I wasn't there for that. Okay, show up to more episodes. You guys plan it when I cannot attend. Not. Um, so other important characters that show up here, we have the Watcher, who is Zane. Yeah. Um, who is Kylo Ren. Like, <laughs> he's, is that who we're casting as? He needs to be played by Adam Driver because he is Kylo Ren, yes. Um, and we also have the Miss Spirit, who is Preservation. Yeah, that should be Preservation. But... It, it's not the Miss Spirit every time you see, or it's not preservation every time you see the Miss Spirit. Sometimes that's Ruin pretending to be preservation for complicated I think it depends reasons. Depends on if Vin is wearing the earring. Has to be. Uh, I don't think the earring ties into that part. Um, I'm on my reread. Uh, there, I'm still I'm still in the first book. Um, but. She's talking to Marsh, and they're talking about bronze. And I feel like there's so many clues. Which you guys probably discussed when you reach this part. And I, I didn't attend that episode either. Um, and it's, you know, there's there's noticeable things with how well she is at doing stuff with bronze. Um, and part of it is just being able to see these spirits because of, like, they have an alimatic pulse to them, which stands out. Which is what preservation and ruin have. Although I'm curious if they're different from each other. Um, Unless they it, look I mean, exactly the same when ruin it, like he's preservation. Like they look the same when ruin is trying to pretend to be preservation. The earring thing is more of whenever Vin, whenever Vin has a thought in Reen's voice. Um, if she's wearing her earring, it's. At least early on, it's about 50-50 whether it's just her remembering something that Reen used to say to her and um, or Ruin talking to her. If she's not yeah. wearing her earring, then it's it's pure, this is just stuff that, that Reen said and, you know, he beat into her over the course of her life. Right. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, we get, we get our first on-screen, this is preservation, hooray. Hooray! He's out and about now because the Lord Roller isn't being a chump. Yep, ruling. Um. So yeah, let's let's go ahead and talk about the uh, the language idiosyncrasies, uh, specifically the swearing, because we get another new character in this book of Ashweather Set who likes to swear a lot. Um, okay. Scadrial. I don't remember I th- how he would talk. Uh, hell and damn were were his. His sort of go-tos. Um, but yeah, this actually shows that Scadrill has probably the widest range of swears in the Cosmere. Makes um, sense. Well, because if you, uh, if you go back to the, uh, the Stormlight Archives, there are, there's at least one, um, world hopper that keeps trying to swear and it only ever comes out as damnation 
but it doesn't like roll well with the rest of whatever that person. I can't even remember who it is. I know Vasher tries to swear because he keeps trying to use color type language. And yeah, it just well, doesn't work. Vasher keeps trying to use um, idioms from from right. his his native. What world is that? Nalthus. Nalthus. Yeah. Nalthus. Um, but I'm talking about like actual straight up swearing, which just translates itself because it might be Hoyd. I don't remember. But anyway, it. Hoyd seems to be pretty careful about the way he talks, though. He's he's more covert. But maybe it's when he was talking to something. Like, he was, like, talking to a bug or something at some point. I don't fully remember. Anyway, um, the point is, whoever it is is clearly using the connection trick to cheat right. at, at language. Yeah. Um, and then all of the swearing just gets translated directly to damnation, which is like one of the two major swears on um on Roshar, the other being Storms. Um but like it doesn't flow anywhere near as well as like the rest of what they're saying. You're gonna have to keep an eye out for that. Yeah, it was as soon as I spotted it, it was like super duper interesting. Um but Scadriel seems to have like the the widest range. So we have um just basic hell and damn as as just normal, just like on Earth, we swear like this. Um, we have swearing by the Lord Ruler's name, which is sure. which is a a fun blasphemy thing. Uh, and then I want to say there was like a third a third thing having to do with like ash and mist and stuff having to do with Scadriel, but I don't remember it. I was so- up way too early today, and I don't brain today. I, so, I, I will point out that before the Lord Ruler, there were like something like five hundred over five hundred religions that are cataloged by Sezed, um, and that's not counting the ones that they weren't able to get to in time. By the time the sure. keepers were created, point is a lot of religions, and clearly, as you get away from um, Luthadel and you have less of the Lord Ruler's influence, you sort of have these little traits of the language for a local region that just sort of exist even if the religion itself isn't no longer practiced. It's still part of the language of the air. So, Tori, you've been pretty quiet. You want to jump in here? Oh, I was flipping through the book and I found the scene where uh, Ben finds out that uh, Orser is actually Tensoon. Uh, so that happens on page in my copy. It's page 586 and 587. Uh, what chapter is that? Well, gee, I don't know. Let me check. I'm sorry, I'm making you do work. And so I'm more curious, like, around roughly... I mean, I know it's near the end of the book. 47. Okay, we got a long way to go. Yeah, this book had a lot of ending to it. Like, there <laughs> there are, like, four different points where it felt like the book should have been over. And then it right. keeps going, and there's another ending. Not in, like, a bad way. In, in like a, I mean, okay, we've honest, resolved this is... plot, now let's yeah. resolve the next plot, and so on. I mean, this will end up resulting in Ruin being released, so it's a big deal, and there has to be a lot of setup to make the next book work. Well, so the scene I'm looking at is basically at toward the end, um, where, I mean, it looks like there's still probably a fifth of the book left after that, I don't know. Um so Ven is facing off against Zane, and Zane has gotten serious, 
and Vin is realizing that she can't beat him without ATM, I think, and uh, yeah. so she calls for Orser and tries giving him the code word to uh, help her out in the fight, and uh, he goes to help Zane instead. Uh, how long, Vin asked, bowing her head. Since you gave my predecessor, the real Orser, the dog's body, the Condra said, and took his place, wearing the body of a dog, you never saw him as a wolfhound. Mm-hmm. So, we don't know that it was during the transformation, but uh, it was at that time. So, when did, do you guys, either of you remember when, um, eventually someone figures out that although you don't have ATM, you can use what, like gold, I think it is, or something like that? Electrum. Or is it Electrum? And that happens between the second and third book. Uh, it's one of the metals that they discover from the, uh, from the the storage, yeah, the storage caverns. Oh, right, they talk about the different metals. And- Which, hey, there's a bunch of different plots in this book. Like, way more than in the first book. The first there book is. was basically one plot. Where this one is, like, four or five different plots. Uh, my favorite, as I've discussed before, is the Find the Chondra plot. What's yours? <laughs> Find the Chondra plot. Um, so well, I guess to give you, to, to give you some I, choices, uh, we have find the Chandra, we have, um, Elland learns to be king while being deposed, we have... That's my favorite, that's what I was gonna say. We have the three armies, um, we have Sazed trying to get the gang to kick Elland and Vin and Spook out, um, we have Breeze getting... Um, romanticized. Yeah. Um, tied into the Ellen deposed as king plot. We have the uh, the big election with with Set and Ellen and Penrod is the other big big name there. Um, the whole so the whole Zane thing, everything to do with Zane. Man, there's a lot going on in this book. So I actually don't really like Zane. Like I don't care for him as a character. And I well, always felt it was an odd little addition. I mean, it's a bigger part of the book, but he doesn't really stick out to me. He's just weird and insane. Weird. And yeah, he's, he's not written as a likable character. So oh, if you yeah. don't like him, then that's that's intentional. But I but feel I like really you're trying to say that like you just device. that's my thing. You you like, you dislike that there is this character at all, rather than. You dislike this character, yeah. It, maybe. Is that what I'm getting from you? Yeah, because I mean, like having an actual assassin and a an opposing Mistborn, yeah, that makes sense. But I don't know. I, I I'm trying to determine if it's specifically Zane, which, like you said, is intentional, or is it more just the concept that this is a thing? Um, is I personally the didn't. The secret half brother is that the part that bothers you? Maybe. Like if he's got he a was secret half brother, he's trying to like make Vin not like help Ellen. Well, ha- to to go away, like with him, yeah, run away with turn. him. He's trying to turn her against Ellen. Meanwhile, he's like he has to try to poison his dad, or his dad's gonna get angry or something. Not angry, but his his dad expects the assassination attempts, even though in reality he's just addicted to whatever drug and that's that's it okay i want to circle back to that real quick but first um zane 
my only real issue with with Zane as a character is the what felt fairly forced um, attempt at a love triangle. Like, okay, the Vin and Ellen romance I felt is like one of the strongest relationships in in the trilogy, maybe in the entire Cosmere. Like, they have a pretty solid relationship, and this tries to throw a wrench in that, and it I don't I don't buy it. Like at well, all. Ever. I disagree. I think um uh Susabron and shoot. Why can't I remember her name anymore? Siri. It just What? Siri. Siri, yeah. I think they're the strongest in the cosmos, given what we've read so far. But yeah, I, I know like uh Sanderson doesn't really like to do love triangles. So I could see how it comes off as weak. I mean, he may not want to do them because he's not good at them. Or he may not want to do them because they're wildly like overdone. Yeah. And I think that might be why. And, and maybe that's why it's sort of done lighter and not really, like, taken so seriously. Okay. Straff and the Poisonings. I have a thing here. Yeah. Um, I feel like Straff getting poisoned regularly because he is getting poisoned regularly. Like, this isn't just Zane screwing with him. Like, they're, he legitimately does get poisoned several times. Um, I think that's actually showing us that being invested makes you live longer, be healthier, more resistant to disease, more resistant to poison, etc. Um, obviously, we get examples of this on, on Nalthus, where the more breaths you have, the more resistant to disease you are, the longer you live. Like yeah. that's that's a given. But on Scadrial, the only thing that really shows a like direct thing for that would be pewter or um gold ferrugamy. Like pewter burning pewter allomancy or gold ferrugamy. Except that Straff is a tin mind and he's still able to like function pretty well as a healthy human adult. After being poisoned regularly, which, I don't know, that might just be that it's a fantasy universe and poisoning and antidotes work like they do in fiction, which is to say that once you have the antidote, everything's fine and nothing bad happens at all. No, that's sloppy. It is sloppy. So I'm taking it as being invested at all means that you are just generally better. Physically. So my interpretation was that Straff was addicted to some substance. Yes, he also and is. That's... Essentially, he would start suffering from something because he was suffering from withdrawal symptoms, and his mistress would administer the cure, which was just more of the narcotic or whatever it was. Like there, That's I, I also didn't realize it. there was an active attempt every time to poison strap, it's more this is just the result of what happened. Okay, that's also happening. That's not the only thing happening. Yeah, so uh, I'm not a fan of Zane. Okay. Anybody else want to carry this thing for a little bit? His idea. Say again? Anybody else want to carry the podcast for a little bit? Like I said, I woke up really also, early and no brain. Well, Tori had something. Yeah, I was just saying that Zane is creepy. Yeah, he is. Um, so I, so unfortunately, I don't remember the book well enough uh, to determine like what exactly happens here and what happens in Hero of Ages. Like I sort of blurred them together a little bit. I know exactly what happens in in uh, 
in the um, Final Empire, just because it it sort of stands by itself. It's it's the it's Ocean's Eleven. Like it has a nice self-contained plot. It wraps up nicely-ish. Uh, but then like book two, yeah, it's all about leading to the release of Ruin, and then book three is the ruining. Um, but like there's stuff that's happening. I don't fully remember. Like okay, I know the stuff about the puppy. Like learning to be the puppy, and then in Hero of Ages, you get to see the Chandra, like homeland and and Tensoon's in prison, and there's this whole thing, and there's politics. Yeah, so, you yeah, don't that's, get that's good stuff. You don't get any Tensoon um, viewpoint chapters until book three. Yeah, which are some of my favorite, by the way. Yeah, that, that he's my favorite character in in Mistborn. Like he's awesome. Yeah. And he's a puppy. Well, so you asked us earlier uh, what our favorite plot in this book is, and I commented that my favorite is watching Elend become the king. Because um, he starts off as this idealistic um, dreamer who he just really wants everyone to do the right thing because it's the right thing. And logically, they would want to do the logical right thing, but that's not how people do. And um, it yeah. takes. Tyndall coming around and um, forcing him to stand up straight and get a hair haircut and dress nice and and it's a montage. Everybody it loves is, a right. montage. <laughs> it is, man. Uh, that is some interesting stuff. Like he has all these ideas from his from his readings, all these political and and economic ideas, and it just just doesn't work because it doesn't of- work. I mean, number I mean, one, you have a bit of ruin influence, but more importantly, it's just you have like it's a different situation, so you you sort of have to go there the hard way until people are more accepting of some of these ideas. And true in real life, also, it, like it does not matter that his ideas are right or good. All that matters is how people see him and if they respect him. If they'll listen to him, and you you see that a lot in celebrities and in politics, like it some some of these celebrities and politicians say the dumbest stuff, but everybody listens to them because they're rich and they look good, and at the same time, you get people who don't look all that great and but they're right it it's like um back in the day when um Richard Nixon had a presidential debate against JFK, and that was the first televised presidential debate. Listening on the radio at home, we're pretty sure Nixon won that debate, but everybody who watched it on TV said, no, no, that that Kennedy boy, he had some (laughs) good ideas. And it's all a matter of how you look. And yeah, just thinking about that a lot lately. Okay. Oh, real quick. Um... So there's some tension between Elland and Dachshund. Would any of you, would either of you like to hazard a guess as to what that stems from? Well, I think Dachshund is still mad about handing the kingdom over to a noble when they were trying so hard to yeah. get out of the hands of the nobility. That would um, be my guess. That's what he says, and that's part of it, but there's more. But wait, there's but- more. It probably has to do with Dachshund's family. 
Uh, no, it has to do with Kelsier's plan and what Doxon's role was going to be after they killed the Lord Ruler. Anybody? Okay, go on. Doxon was supposed uh, yeah. to be the king. Doxon was supposed to... Doxon was I, supposed I think... to be the Ska king. And instead, they got Elend. They got a noble to be king when it was supposed to be Doxon's job. And he's still there helping to run the country. And it's... He doesn't ever say it out loud because he's he's a better man than that, but he's frustrated. And and yeah. he again, it this isn't said out loud by him at any point, but yeah, he's irritated well, because he was supposed to Dachshund be king. Is, Dachshund is the kind of man that would never have chosen to be king. This is like that that's something that Kelsier was like, Oh yeah, he's totally gonna be the king. That's that's what we're gonna do with him. Um, well, I don't would even never think. Like, I don't even think Kelsier ever told him. They just figured it out because they'd been working together for so long. Like, of course, right. Doxon knows what Kelsier's planning. Maybe not the killing right. himself part, but you know he knows the rest of it. So yeah, when when that tension shows up again, keep it in your head that that this is why. Well, I'm personally trying to quickly catch up in in the reread. Um, like I said, I'm rereading the first book. I'm about halfway through. So I'm hoping to catch up. Maybe read with you guys for a little bit before I decide to zoom ahead because I can't stop myself. I'd actually recommend zooming ahead so that you've got like all the events and the ending of this book in mind as we're discussing it. That'll help. That's true. Yeah, because so I, I will do that, but it's more to prepare for the final error two book. Sorry, Tori, you cut out. You can always circle back and join us again after you finish. Yeah. Like yeah, my I'm... friend Benjamin, he used to go running 5Ks with me. He would go zooming off to the finish line, but then he would come back and he would run the rest of the 5K with me because I am slow. Hey, if you're doing 5Ks, that is amazing. I, I will say that because like we, there's someone at my gym who I think she went to go do a 5K today. I'm like, I can't even imagine. My wife just ran a mile like last week. Uh, as part of like the workout and i'm like still super impressed like i used to be able to do that as a kid well i did it once as a kid i should say hey congrats but now to it's her like i can't even do a quarter of a mile without like needing to rest so not 5k'ing but that actually is what i'm doing with the reading is i've got <laughs> i've got so many apps on my phone right now for just just for all of this like i've got multiple audiobook apps i've got podcasts whatever um so i have one that is this book that i'm about halfway through of and then i have another app that is this book that is the first three chapters so far and so like i'm i'm reading the book listening to the book and then also just before we record like day of i'll listen to the chapters wow and I also have other books that I'm listening to and podcasts, and there's there's so much in my head right now, and I'm tired. And why don't we go ahead and end it soonish? Yeah, I gotta get going. <laughs> so if I tell you that I woke up at 5.30 this morning and I'm feeling pretty chipper, you don't need to hear that? I think that means I need to get one of your lamps. Yeah. You hey, apparently you can get them at your workplace. Everybody needs one. They're amazing. All right. I feel like I'll look morning, into it. That's the hardest part. Like just waking up and getting them. So, all right. I'm going to go ahead and cut it here. Goodbye, okay. Internet. Bye, Bye. Internet.
So I waved when I said goodbye, and I don't know why. No one can see me. <laughs> <I often laughs> Did Devin wave. see you wave? No, she's waved, not even looking so at me. I, okay. All right. I wave every time we say goodbye, and I wave whenever I say hello, Internet, when we start. Like, I'm over here waving because I am derpy. I might also be doing that. I didn't, I don't, I don't think I've noticed if I have, but anyway, I'm going to stop the, the recording now. All right. I'm going to switch over to my other thing. Oh yeah. Good luck with your race. Hey yeah, boss. We'll see. Bye. see how it goes. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.